welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brewers Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you guys are having an absolutely fabulous day today. You guys are staying strong and healthy as you always should be. And if you guys need anything, you know where to get a hold of us, healthmasters.com. We're here to take care of you guys the best we possibly can. If you got any questions or needs, be sure to give us a call or email us at healthmasters.com because they're sponsoring the show. See that advertisement down there? That's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's our big sponsor. That's, that's <laughs> so that the one and only, no other ads, no commercials, no breaks, no nothing at all except that. Simply to make sure you guys understand we're bringing you the truth and there's no compromise on that. So thank you for making Health Masters your number one go-to for your top quality supplements. If you guys need anything, be sure to check out the Fat Burning Stack right now on sale for 10% off. Put that together. That's a great, fantastic kit going into the summer and spring. If you're wanting to lean out and get some of those Thanksgiving and Christmas pounds off, and everybody has to deal with that, especially after all the ice cream and banana pudding. And uh, <laughs> also, too, be sure to check out the N-acetylcysteine, one of the top detoxifying supplements in the world. And uh, it was significant during COVID. We saw that as far as maintaining healthy respiratory function and helping detoxify the body. So be sure to check that out at healthmasters.com. And one of the first articles I saw here today, and it's interesting because we've been watching this very slowly now over the past couple of years, these acquisitions and mergers with these major corporations and almost all of them, their top shareholders are, you know, the top three, BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard, or, you know, in a different order. And what's ironic about this, I saw this article today, it's all over pretty much mainstream news, that Chesapeake Energy is now agreed to buy rival Southwestern Energy and a all-stock transition valued at $7.4 billion merger as far as they're buying them out and absorbing them. This deal will make Chesapeake Energy the largest independent U.S. natural gas producer in the entire country. Now, you may think, oh, it's not a big deal. Chesapeake's been around for a while. Here's the issue you start running into when you start digging and digging and you find out pretty quickly. It doesn't take much digging, actually, just a few shovelfuls, and you find out exactly what's been happening with these buyouts and these acquisitions and mergers, Chesapeake Energy Corporation, just quick quick guess on their uh, top holders. Uh, Vanguard owns 9.8%. Blackstone acts not, owns 96 And BlackRock owns 87 That's Chesapeake Energy, who's buying up Southwestern Energy. And top holders of uh, Ch- uh, Southwestern, let me see, pull it up, uh, Vanguard at 10%. BlackRock at 8.8% and State Street at 3.8%. So you have these three institutional holders, which, by the way, if you notice, almost always equal out to 25 to 30%. Just those three, just those three own usually around 25 to 30 plus percent of these companies. And so now you got to think about it. BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard now merging. That means that essentially these shareholders are going to be owning about 50 to 60% of this company now with Chesapeake when everything's absorbed and all the mergers are finalized, meaning they are pretty much going to be the biggest game in town when it comes to natural gas. And isn't it funny? Natural gas, fuel, diesel, all these energy sectors have been a direct target from the World Economic Forum and all these other groups that are trying to do everything they can to control and manipulate the market so that people don't have the ability to heat their home or travel freely unmolested on their way and not have everything controlled by electricity. This is a big deal, especially when you realize how much shares these companies held in each company, and now they're merging. This is going to be huge, and well, it's not good. But Well, what it's going to do, Austin, is going to allow these companies to fix the price of propane and natural gas. Across the country. Across the country, whatever yeah. they want to do. And, and we see this already. Yeah. I mean, I used, to pay, I used to pay like 59 cents a gallon for propane. 
you know, they're cheap, not anymore. Now it's like $7 a gallon delivered to your house. And you're like, what the heck just happened? And these companies basically are bought up and they continue to have the pricing go up and up and up because they want to have the ability to have a monopoly. And this is what Teddy Roosevelt fought against so much over 100 years ago. These monopolies can do whatever they want to do because they're controlled by the international banking cartels, which control State Street, Vanguard, and BlackRock, along with the bloodline families. We've done so many shows on this. It's like you know, we, I don't want to be repetitive on that. But that's who runs it all. And so if we understand that and that's the enemy, we realize that it all goes through big pharma, through TV, through media, through the bankers who own all of these things. And they can continue to brainwash the American population as much as they want to because – you know, they've done an excellent job. They really have as far as brainwashing. They, uh, you, when you stop and you look at it, you start realizing that between the, uh, you know, between, you know, the tricyclic antidepressants, uh, between the fluoride, between all of the rest of the stuff, the coronavirus jabs with, with the spike proteins, between the mainstream media and all these crazy snake venoms supposedly they're putting in things now and COVID-19 masks and, and you know, and, and the compounds they put into the food with the bisphenol A and all of the bug and weed killer chemicals. You know, not to mention the fact that so many people are on statin drugs, which really dumb me down really fast. All of these things are being used to dumb down the population of the United States so we don't pay attention to what's going on. And as long as we continue to dumb down everybody, then we start to realize that, you know, they can do what they want to do in the Middle East or on foreign wars, et cetera. There's an interesting article here by Paul Craig Roberts. And he goes, as I expected, Washington is moving the conflict towards Iran which is part of the greater Israeli program, by the way, the greater Israel expansion that was talked about over 20 years ago. Washington chose this moment to escalate in order to direct the news away from Israel's trial in the International Court of Justice. Regardless, Washington's neoconservatives intended escalation from the beginning of the Israeli-Hamas war. It's been clear to me since 9-11 that in 2001, that neoconservative dominance in Washington guaranteed we were on a road to escalation that would eventually reach Armageddon, which is what the Bible says is going to happen anyhow. The world is going to be victimized by the incapacity of the American political and intellectual classes to think clearly and honestly. We are approaching Armageddon because the U.S. foreign policy serves Israel expansion, not peace. I think I just said that. Paul Craig Roberts is now saying it, too. Washington has now launched air and naval attacks on Yemen. And, and, and all these and they list a whole bunch of other places that have been attacked by American forces in Yemen, initiating yet another war without congressional approval. A branch of the U.S. government emptied of power. The New York Times, of course, blames the expansion of the conflict on the Houthis for the interfering with shipping to Israel. With any luck, the fools in Washington will topple all of the U.S. puppets in the U.S. Even Bahrain's are in the streets today protesting Bahrain's participation in Washington's attack on Yemen territory. The price of oil increased in response to the American attacks. Oil kingdoms such as Saudi Arabia and Oman are beginning to feel rocky as a result of their alignment with Washington against the Houthis. And the White House fool says that, I guess he's talking about Biden, <laughs> Houthis attacks that are, are reckless, not Washington's. The New York Times and the rest of the Western media have gone to work placing all blame on the Houthis. The Houthis have announced at the end of the result that the U.S.-U.K. results strikes on Yemen that all American and British interests have become legitimate targets. You can see where this is going. You know, Jero Salente said for years that when all else fails in the United States, when they can't control the population and can't control the news anymore, they take us to war. Now, I kind of disagreed with Jero when he said that. This is many years ago. He said this. Now, he's talking about, in my opinion, and I think he mentioned thermonuclear war, but he may not have, that's not where this is going. This is going to go to continued regional conflicts throughout the world until eventually we end up in another world war, which we're getting real close to that right now. I still don't believe at all that we're going to have nuclear exchange. I don't think the idiots that are basically running both the United States and China and Russia and the rest have any intentions on dropping that much nuclear waste on top of the planet. In addition to that, 
the entities and these other dimensions that the Bible talks about so clearly that our battles against them aren't going to do that either because they don't want to destroy their own ecosystem. So all of this stuff is just kind of allowing this industrial complex of the military industrial complex as far as who owns the military to realize that they have the ability at this point to do whatever they want to do. You know, Smedley Butler, he was a two-time Congressional Medal of Honor winner from World War I. I mean, he got the Congressional Medal of Honor twice for heroism, you know, you know, in World War One, back in 1933, 32, 33, Prescott Bush, the, fa- the grandfather of, you know, of, of actually the father of, you know, George Bush, W, George W. H. and the grandfather of George W. He staged a coup against the United States of America to bring in a fascist dictatorship into the United States, similar to what Germany was doing. He actually brought a group of people into the United States to take over the United States, and it was exposed by Spedley Butler in congressional hearings. This was Senator Prescott Bush did this. You can look it up and you can do the research on it. And then Smedley Butler wrote a booklet that you can get online for free. It says, War is a Racket. And it's controlled by these major organizations to increase the profits. And when you look at the increase of profits, you've got to look at who owns these major corporations. And it's always going to be Van Grock, Strike State Street, and BlackRock. Vanguard State Street and BlackRock. And when you understand that these are the same guys, oh, it's the same players. It's always the same people that are doing all of this stuff. And when you look at it, you see that. You say, well, you mean the military-industrial complex is owned by this? Yes, they are. Remember what the Rothschild's mother said. She goes, if my son deems there to be a war, there's going to be a war. If my son doesn't want a war, there won't be a war. These entities that control this Rothschild banking cartel and these other bloodline families around the world, they do whatever they want to do. They don't care if they go into Iraq or Iran or Kuwait or anywhere and kill a bunch of people. They don't care if they carpet bomb Dresden in January of of 1945 and kill hundreds of thousands, some people hit up to half a million people in one night. They don't care about any of that stuff. To me, to you and me, we're, we, we, we consider human life to be really important. We do. We, we love God. We love humans. We love mothers. We love fathers. We love our family. They don't have that. That empathy, that sincerity, that, 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 that understanding, that caring has been bred out of these entities for generations of time. They consider themselves to be the benign Dean Nephilim, sons of the fallen. That's what they say to, them, to themselves. That's what they tell everybody who they are. They consider themselves to be the progeny of Lucifer himself. You think, well, that sounds crazy. I'm not telling you that I believe any of this stuff. I'm just telling you this is what they say. And they want to go into that third temple with the spear of destiny, pierce their antichrist, spill his blood on the altar, walk him out on the temple steps, and declare himself, declare him God and ruler of the planet. That's the end goal here. Now, we can pretend like that's not the end goal, but then we got to go back to what the Bible says. That's the end goal of what they want. So what we're watching right now and we're exposing as best we can on the Ted and Austin Brower show are the machinations behind the scenes of who's doing this and why they're doing it. And the amount of people that are involved in this stuff is fat. It's, 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 it's enormous. I want to interject something real quick here. This, this, is, this is interesting because, you know, I said this in March, April of 2022. You guys can go back and listen to the show. And I've said it numerous times since then. One of my very good friends that I train with on a regular basis, he's retired ranger, retired GRS contractor, still does military contracts. And he flat out told me, when all this money was funneling to Ukraine and all these weapon platforms and the Patriot missile systems and the javelins, 13,000 javelins, all these weapon platforms that were going into Ukraine, and then Ukraine couldn't keep track of anything. They were losing 30 to 40% of it. And he flat out told me firsthand, this is firsthand knowledge of what he's been involved in, that the weapon platforms that were going to Ukraine were going through Black Sea, going through Istanbul, dropping through Egypt and other aspects, and going to Yemen. He specifically told me Yemen. Why do you think now Yemen's this massive conflict that's going on and they've been throwing rockets back and forth and this whole thing with this conflict in the ocean over there? They knew this was going to happen. 
They planned for this to happen. They had to figure out a way to fund Yemen indirectly through the military-industrial complex. Remember, Lockheed Martin is one of the major military contractors in the entire world. You look up top three institutional shareholders of Lockheed, uh, State Street, 15% of total shares. Vanguard, 7.9% of total shares. BlackRock, 6.2% of total shares. When you start adding all this stuff up together, you start realizing why just Black, why just BlackRock alone has a 10, 12, I think it's 10 or 12 trillion dollar portfolio now that they operate with. These guys are completely out of control. And once you realize, if you pull up anything and you see these top three heavy hitters controlling the companies as a shareholder, you can be 100% certain they're going in a specific narrative that they want it to go. And then you can start kind of predicting and figure out how this is going to lay out. There's a very specific reason why we saw so many weapon systems going to Ukraine, and Ukraine couldn't keep up with anything. They couldn't figure out where they were going. They couldn't keep catalog tracking of anything. How do you lose two or 3,000 Javelin missiles? They just lose them. They just disappear. Oh, we lost another 50 million rounds of ammunition. I, I don't know. Those pallets get dropped off there, there. I can't, we can't find them. This wasn't an accident. This is exactly why they've been doing this, because they have to continually stage these regional conflicts. Like Dad said, it would be very surprising to me to have full nuclear exchange because of the main fact, and I've said this before, and nobody's been able to rebuttal me on it. Why in the world did we dump two and a half to three trillion dollars in 5G technology that would be completely wiped out by nuclear exchange across the country? All those 5G platform systems would be wiped out. They're not hard. They don't function very well with EMPs whatsoever. They go down immediately, especially at the height that they are. They're only a couple hundred feet in the air, and they're very close to one another. They're not going to handle EMPs. They're going to blow out. Well, if all the EMPs knock out all the 5G, which knocks out the internet, which knocks out the television, which knocks out all the propaganda, people start realizing they have to kind of fend for themselves and figure out what's going on. This is another reason why in the last couple of years since Biden's got him, they pushed so hard to push massive gun control. There's a significant amount of gun legislation that's been pushed in with ATF now, exact, where they branch of the ATF, as I said before, They've turned in this alphabet agency where they literally do anything they want without congressional approval, and they just start rewriting and coming up with laws out of thin air. This is because they were given this autonomy. I'm going to say it. Donald Trump gave it to them after, after the Vegas shooting. I went to Vegas two weeks after the shooting out there for the SEMA auto show. I talked to people that were out there. I talked to people that saw what's happened, and they said there was so much clandestine behavior. Nothing of what we were told on TV was the truth, and everything that we heard about was manipulated, and that pretty much that entire shooting was very, very, very strange. It gave the opening for ATF to come in and ban bump fire stocks without congressional approval by rewriting the 1934 machine gun definition. That set an enormous precedent now that we've watched culminate to where ATFs come in and saying, well, if you sell a gun to another individual and we deem that you make money on it, you now have to get an FFL federal firearm license in order to do this or else it's a felony. They're doing all these things intentionally to try to slowly reduce the ability for the American population to own firearms that have any significant firepower. That's the point of it. While at the same time, we're giving $150 billion in heavy weapon systems and surface air missiles and Patriot missile systems to other countries that are literally being destabilized through other countries through weapon trafficking. So you got to realize the same people that are telling you you're not worthy and you're not trustworthy enough to own a semi-automatic AR-15 with a standard 30-round mag, you are not trustworthy enough. But hey, 
these other countries that we don't even operate in, that we allegedly don't have anything to do with, it's okay to give them surface air missiles because, you know, it's science, guys. you gotta, you got you to gotta trust the science. So when you realize that and you see what they're doing, the rules for thee and not for me, that's when you have to take a step back, like I said earlier on the show this week, and decide what you're going to go along with, what you're going to comply with, and how far you're willing to take this and how, how, how far you're willing to put your line in the sand and dig in and say, listen, I'm not going to go along with this. Am I going to walk into a store and be told I have to wear a mask? Am I going to be told I have to get my 18th booster shot now? There's more and more research. Every day I bring it out on the show about what's been going on with COVID, what's going on with the lies, what's going on with the shot. And every single day more information comes to light. And that's why it's your responsibility and ours as well to keep getting the truth out there on a regular basis and continually waking individuals up and doing the best they can as we can to continue to encourage one another to get the truth out there because there is so much propaganda and misinformation right now. There's no question about it. We have to push the truth. If we don't do it, if you don't do it, nobody else is doing it, especially not the mainstream media, Dan. You know, uh, yesterday, Rob Hughes sent me a uh, text. And it humbled me. Yeah, it did. It humbled me. He said the Ted Dawson Brewer show is the best show in all media. This is Rob Hughes. I mean, he's he Wisconsin Christian News. I mean, this guy's, this guy's really well known. And I told him, I said, I just I really appreciate you saying that because it means a lot. You know, when I, this is why we did Angel Wars. We had to go back 50,000 years. This, this influence on this planet has been going on for eons. Yeah, that's tens true. of thousands of years. And we have to understand what's doing it because our battle is not against flesh and blood. That's why we have to stand with Jesus all the days of our life, period. He's the author. He's the finisher. He's the perfecter of our faith. And without him, there's no hope for any of this stuff because we have hope and glory. Because when he said it is finished on Calvary, he meant it was finished. That, that, that war was done. Now, we've got these skirmishes, these battles going on because these entities don't want to give up because they basically have no choice but to fight because their end result is going to be really bad, and they know that. And so they're continuing to try to destroy human race, to destroy God, to destroy everything they possibly can. It's what he is from the beginning. Satan's a liar. He's a father of lies, and that's what he does. Now, there's an interesting article. By the way, that's an excellent segment, Austin. Thank uh, by, you. By the way, uh, this U.S. force policy, policy is a scam built on corruption. This goes right back to what, what General Smedley Butler said. This is by Jeffrey Sachs. He says, on the surface, U.S. foreign policy seems to be utterly irrational. The U.S. gets into one disastrous war after another. Afghanistan, Iraq, yep. Syria, Libya, Ukraine, Gaza, now Yemen. In recent days, U.S. policy, global policy, isolated support of Israel's genocidal actions against the Palestinians, voting against the U.N. General Assembly's resolution for Gaza ceasefire, backed by 153 countries voted to stop the fighting in Gaza, with 89% of the world's population opposed just by the U.S. and nine small countries, less than 1% of the population said, no, we're letting let Israel continue the genocide. In the past 20 years, every major foreign policy objective has failed. The Taliban returned to power after 20 years of the U.S. occupation of Afghanistan, Afghanistan, which was used to facilitate the growing of poppies and heroin. Now that they have fentanyl, they don't have to worry about no. that anymore. You know, Post-Saddam, Iraq became independent, dependent on Iran. Syria's President Bashar al-Assad stayed in power despite a CIA effort to overthrow him. Libya fell into a protracted civil war after U.S.-led NATO mission overthrew Muammar Gaddafi. Ukraine was bludgeoned by the on the battlefield by a Russian in 2023, and U.S. secretly scuttled a peace agreement between Russia and Ukraine in 2022. Despite these remarkable and costly debacles, one following the other, the same cast of characters has remained at the helm of the U.S. foreign policy for decades, including the incredibly senile Joe Biden, Victoria Nuland, Jake Sullivan, Jock Jack, Chuck Schumer, and Mitch McConnell, and Hillary Clinton. If you don't think I'm going to name names, I'm going to name names. 
What gives? The puzzle is solved by recognizing American sports policy is not at all about the interest of the American people. It's about the interest of Washington insiders as they chase campaign contributions and lucrative jobs for themselves and staff and family members. In short, U.S. foreign policy has been hacked by big money, which is the international banking cartels. Never forget that Israel is a fiefdom of the Rothschild banking empire brought to us through the Balfour Declaration during World War I to get the United States into World War I, basically culminating in the 40s with Israel becoming a nation state, a non-extraditional state, a basically fiefdom of the Rothschild banking cartel to do whatever they want to do, period. That's what, that's what Israel is. As a result, the American people are losing big. The failed war, listen to these numbers, since 2000 have cost the American taxpayers $5 trillion in direct outlays or around $40,000 per household. Just in case you don't think that you're being charged for this, 40000 per household. Another $2 trillion or so will be spent in the coming decades on veterans care who are wounded. Beyond the cost directly incurred by Americans, we should also recognize the horrendously high costs suffered abroad and millions of lives lost and trillions of dollars of destruction of property due to the nature in the war zone. The costs continue to mount. U.S. military outlays in 2024 will come to around $1.5 trillion or roughly $12,000 for every household in America not including the amount of money each household is going to be charged for the housing of illegal immigrants. Just thought I'd mention that. If we had the direct Pentagon spending, the budget to the CIA and other intelligence agencies, the budget of the Veterans Administration, the Department of Energy, the Nuclear Weapons Program, the State Department's military-linked foreign aid such to Israel, and other security-related budgets, hundreds of billions of dollars are money down the drain every single year squandered in useless wars, overseas military bases, and a wholly unnecessary arms buildup that brings us closer to World War III. We have about a 1,000 military bases around the world that are basically, they don't get searched when planes land there. And that's how they were trafficking the, the, the heroin out of Afghanistan through these lily pad bases all over the world. Now, because of the amount of fentanyl coming in from China and the United States, I may add, and also from Mexico and the South American countries, they don't have to worry about growing poppy anymore and dealing with rains and droughts, et cetera, et cetera. Remember, in Southeast Asia, I've never covered this yet on the video broadcast of the show. In Southeast Asia, they were running about 50 kilos of heroin in every body bag and every casket coming into the United States out of, at, out of Vietnam. It was a goal. It was over 100 pounds of uncut heroin coming into the United States. They didn't care, the military-industrial complex that was involved in all this, how many body bags they brought back, how many caskets they brought back. And out of the 50,000 men who died over in Vietnam, it allowed them to bring more and more heroin into the United States. When we invaded Southeast Asia, it was basically to take over the heroin trade. And then we started flooding the Ho Chi Minh Trail with our chemtrails and our, our, our airplanes with all the geoengineering that we did. This was back in the 60s. And that area became unusable pretty much for the growing of heroin or poppy. So we had to shift it into Afghanistan. And that's one of the primary reasons that the Vietnam War ended. And then we used the Afghanistan heroin trade for 30 years after that. And then finally the Taliban came in and shut it down. And then we had to go into Afghanistan after 9-11 and reopen the poppy fields. Then we were there for 20 years growing this filth. This is what's happening with the United States as far as the CIA and its involvement in drugs trafficking. If you read the book, Operation Gladio, the unholy alliance between the CIA, the Vatican, and the mafia, it goes into detail in everything I just said to you with full references by Dr. Paul Williams. Excellent book. I highly recommend it. I've promoted his book for years. And that will educate you as to what happened in Vietnam. And now we have this fentanyl craze that's coming to the United States, and we're bringing that in again through military lily pad bases. I was watching last night, I was watching a, the latest episode of Jack Reacher. Pretty violent show, but it was on last night. 
and they were having the military was involved in directly bringing in heroin. And they're bringing it in inside of tires, inside of these Hummers, basically on the spare tires. And there was a big battle that happened in the middle of that show last night. But the reality is, it's kind of like the, the Hollywood is painting a picture of what's really happening and how the military is involved in all of this. It's much worse than we think it possibly can. Culminating now with World War III approaches, an interesting article from RT.com, and, and it basically says it this way. It's, it's very clear. Again, I don't believe we're going to go to a full change of nuclear war. It says World War III approach is just as planned. If massive depopulation is the end goal, then continued support for the Ukraine is the way to go. This is an article by Zimmerman, professor and head of law at Sheraton Institute. Military conflicts are not the result of random choice and chance. Deliberate planning is involved. It is, it, is, it is instructive to look at what happened in the Ukraine in 2014 around the coup supported by the U.S. government and its Western allies with the victory of Viktor Yanukovych as the presidential elections in 2010. Now, this is what I'm saying, and this is exactly what Austin just talked about. I'm tying it all together with what Austin said. The war in Yemen, they had to get these weapons into Yemen. They have to get weapons in all these third world countries, which is what they've done now with this massive dumping of our stockpiles of the entire Western world in the third world countries via the Ukraine, which is one of the most corrupt governments in the world. Now we're setting ourselves up for regional conflicts throughout the entire world. Remember what the mantra is of the new world order. Out of chaos will come a new world order. They want to make it so bad on this planet that everybody finally just throws their hands up and say, we've had it. You know, propane is $25 a gallon. You know, hamburger is $100 a hamburger now. Milk is $100 a gallon. We've had it. We want a new world order. We have wars everywhere. We're not safe to walk in the streets anymore. Look at Illinois now, saying that people can't have weapons there. You know, an entire state has gone nuts. Only criminals can have weapons. When you take the weapons away from the law-abiding citizens, you only give the weapons to the citizens who don't pay attention to the law. Anyhow, they'll do whatever they want to do with the weapons. If you break into a home and you're a criminal and you know that person and that house is heavily armed, and you know that there's going to be a firefight, you go to the next house. You don't go into that house. You say, I probably don't need to go there because I don't want to get shot. When you know that everybody in that house is disarmed, you know it's going to be easy to walk in, get whatever you want, and walk out. That's the problem with what they're doing to us. It's exactly what Austin said. All of this stuff is using, being used to eliminate our Second Amendment rights. And our Second Amendments are absolutely sacrosanct in the United States, along with our First Amendment rights. I told you yesterday, I have a friend of mine, Anna, in Russia, and she told me, she said, you know, we can't say the things that you say on your show in Russia because, you know, we don't have the First Amendment rights is what I told her next because they don't have the ability to express themselves like this. Which surprised me that Putin hasn't done that. But Putin's very careful about what's being said in Russia and the promotion of certain ideals that are coming out of the West, including transgenderism and the homosexual ideology and all the other crazy things that are happening here in the United States. All of this stuff is being done to support their third world war to support their hermaphroditic agenda, to support their god Einsoff, who's the god of the Kabbalah, who is an hermaphrodite. He's a snake in a tree that has both male and female genders. And then we have evangelists coming out and saying that God is an hermaphrodite. That's stupid. Here's why. Here's why. He's saying God is, god is just as much female as he is male. That's, a non, that's nonsense. Here's why. Jesus Christ is the exact image of God Almighty. Jesus Christ was an alpha male. Jesus Christ was willing to die for us on a cross. Jesus, Jesus Christ wasn't a little wimpy boy. He wasn't that. He picked up a whip and drove the dog on money changers out of the temple. You've got to realize that these guys are going to lie and lie, and when they get done lying, they're, they're going to lie some more. And we have to stand with what the Word of God says all the days of our lives. Austin, what do you think, my friend? You're 100% accurate. It's like I was, I was just reading here on the joint venture with Lockheed Martin and, um, and Raytheon. Raytheon and Lockheed are the two manufacturers that came together to produce the Javelin missile system. The reason why I brought that up is because Yemen, by the way, 
doesn't have manufacturing facilities for javelin missiles. <laughs> They're all made in the United no, States. And so when you start hearing about Yemen getting javelins, which basically are a shoulder-fired anti-armor anti system, they're very intriguing if you ever looked at them because it's a laser-guided missile system that's shoulder-fired that has a soft launch. So it shoots out of the tube and then basically launches, and it's laser-guided. So it allows the infantry individual to go in and basically launch the rocket and then turn around and get cover without having basically having to sit there and stand there and try to basically you know focus on a system. It's laser-guided. It's an incredible platform. There's a reason why Lockheed Martin and Raytheon started massive production on these in the middle of 2022 because they got the contract to start sending to Ukraine. There's a reason why Yemen has these missile systems. They're not there by accident. So always remember that when you hear these things happening, very few things you hear anymore are accident. And always ask questions, who is it benefiting and who's behind it? Because, you know, it started looking like I told you guys earlier, who's the top shareholders of Lockheed? And I read you guys that. The same thing goes back to Purdue Pharma, what that was just talking about, when there was a drop in opioid usage, when Afghanistan was trying to spool it back up through the heroin trade, they brought in OxyContin. OxyContin was produced by Purdue Pharmacy, which also had BlackRock attached to them back then in a smaller form. They told everybody that OxyContin was not addictive at all, even though it was, <laughs> yeah. an, it was an actual, it was a controlled release opioid. 80 milligrams was the highest dosing they had of a controlled-release opioid that lasted up to eight hours in comparison to something like a Percocet that basically lasts for two or three hours maximum in a lower dosage. These allowed an individual to take an opioid and have it sustained release in their system throughout the entire day. They were insanely addictive, and Purdue Pharma told them they weren't addictive at all because the way they were manufactured prevented it. It started an opioid crisis that was among one of the worst we've ever seen all the way back from the 70s from heroin. Well, what happened was when Purdue got in trouble and the opioid crisis came to light, they restricted the amount of OxyContin that hit the street. Then what happened? Afghanistan went into full spool opioid production. Now, like Dad said, now we got fentanyl coming out of China. So not necessary to be growing poppy anymore. Opioids or heroin have always been one of the most effective drugs known to man at controlling a populace and keeping people dumbed down and subservient. Because what happens is once people get addicted on these things enough, they don't really care about anything other than getting their next opioid hit. They really don't. They lose motivation. They lose drive. They lose everything because they get so addicted to them. Can they be very effective like morphine if you get in a serious car wreck and you're hemorrhaging and you have a broken bone? Absolutely. It's an effective tool. But they have to be used very, very carefully and very specifically. And that is why the U.S. government through the CIA has so actively pursued getting these drugs on the market and making sure that they stay out there to keep people dumbed down and subservient. Also, to another news, I told you guys yesterday, this polar plunge that's essentially coming towards uh, the Northeast right now. I was looking earlier on some of the stuff that's happening right now. There's an extreme cold hit that's basically coming into the United States. And uh, definitely want to give everybody a continual heads up on that. I was looking at some of the footage of it. And they're saying in some of these places, it's going to drop 78 degrees below what it normally is wow. with this polar vortex. And uh, this, is, this is some serious stuff here. They're also talking about essentially plunging in some areas of the northeast to negative 50 degrees with what's coming out of Alaska. And, you know, again, this isn't something that I think is by accident, just my personal opinion. Isn't it funny that we're being told every single day that climate change and climate change is a huge problem and we're going to have all these issues? Then suddenly right after this, we've got this massive polar plunge that's coming in. This is why it's so important to make sure you continually keep preps and whatever you need, especially in these northeast states, because they get really, really cold. And quite frankly, 
this is another way to keep people distracted and also to really, really change the landscape of the communities. When you start freezing them down, most people don't do anything at all. And so this is something to be aware of. Also, too, in other news, this is good news up in New Hampshire. They, New Hampshire is now about to be the 24th state to ban transgender-related surgeries on minors. The fact that you actually have to put uh, this in the law is pretty crazy. The fact that this has to be a discussion where we have to go in and say uh, we're going to ban transgender surgeries on minors. We're not going to allow 13-year-olds to elect to have their appendages cut off and go on all these different drugs. The topic of this and having to put laws into place for this is insanity to me, but this is what we live in. New Hampshire's Republican governor, Chris Sunu is expected to sign the bill banning transgender-related surgeries for minors. This will be House Bill 619. What's interesting about this now, it says in 2023, more states across America are enforcing bans on transgender surgeries for minors. They said 23 states have already implemented laws preventing and prohibiting gender surgeries on minors. And what's crazy about this is I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and I said, does anybody else find it remotely just oddly perverted that we're actually having to have discussions about not talking to seven and eight-year-olds about going on puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones by the time they're 12 or 13? I mean, you have a significant amount of these transgender clinics, guys, that are giving 12 and 13-year-old girls testosterone prescriptions, testosterone for 12 and 13 year old girls. They're giving young boys estrogen prescriptions at 12 and 13 years old, getting them in place to prevent their puberty before they go into it so they can get them ready for surgeries by the time they're a mid teenager. This is sadistic on its highest level and it's not a joke, it's not funny and it's not something that's going away and it's so important that we really continue to address it. There's a reason why they're bringing this culture into four and five year olds in kindergarten and first grade. There's a reason why they're desensitizing these children. Yeah, they're grooming them. You see it on YouTube, you see it on Netflix, you see it on all these TV shows that are directed towards these four, five, six year olds. They're planting seeds. It's like that movie that came out in Inception, kind of a weird film, but it's got some very interesting twist to it. And he talks about that. He said, one of the most powerful things you can do is plant an idea in somebody's mind. You literally plant a seed in them, and then you continue to grow it and water it. That is what they're doing with these kids. They're planting these seeds. They're grooming them, and then they're continually watering them with the perversion of the school systems. And then by the time they're mid-teenagers or early teenagers, these kids are so confused. And then what they do? Oh, we're going to let you talk to a counselor about your transgender needs. We're going to let you go talk to a therapist about this. And they're going to talk to you for 30 minutes and then decide if it's right for you to go on testosterone replacement therapy. You know, little 12-year-old Susie, this is not funny. This is sick. And this is something that really has to be talked about, even though it's a horrible topic to bring up. I bring it up a lot because this is a directed war to these kids. Dad. This isn't a joke, and it's not stopping. You know, I've got a friend of mine who works for the uh, federal government as far as a prosecutor. And she told me up in Ocala, there's a group of people called NAMBA, the National Association of Men and Boys, whatever, a bunch of perverts, what they are, a bunch of, bunch of sicko pedophiles. And it's a national organization. Like, they all know each other. I guess they stay each other. They, they continue to talk to each other on the dark web. Oh, and, nice. You know, and, uh, and I'm going <laughs> to now, okay, right now, if you got kids listening, turn them to get the kids off. To tell the kids, just tell the kids to step away for a second. I'm going to cover some weird stuff here. And because uh, I don't want to talk about this with the kids listening. And one of the one of their mantras is sex before eight or it's too late. In other words, they have to rape these young boys or get them into this pedophile group grooming by the time they're let under the age of eight. Because by the time they get to be a nine, 10, 11 and 12 and they're straight, and they've been told to be straight their whole life. They can't force them back into that mindset unless they rape them. And so they want them to willingly step into this stuff under the age of eight. And uh, that's why I'm going to just be blunt here. 
as we always are on this show, if you've got young children, you be really careful in who they hang out with. Are you listening to me? If you don't know the parents, if you don't know the children of the parents, if you don't know what kind of stuff they're watching on internet or on TV or whatever, you don't need to have your kids hanging out with them. Uh, we've got a friend of ours. He caught his, uh, he had a son that was basically through, a, it was not a, he was sort of adopted. He was through a, you know, through a CPF. He was basically, he was a foster he was child. He was a foster child, yeah. And they caught him watching hardcore gay porn for like three hours one night on some security cameras. And that they basically allowed that child then to leave and go somewhere else to so get the help that he needed. Because maybe, and I don't know this, that child had been messed with already when he was younger in foster care. Don't know. But the reality is you've got to be really careful if you find out something like that is going on in somebody else's house. Do not, under any circumstances, ever allow your children to play with those children or spend the night in their home. This is really important, guys. And a lot of you guys already know that, but that's just part of what it is. And I, I give credit to the guy. I give kudos to him and his wife. They, they sent the child away for help so he wouldn't be around their girls and their children any longer. So I'll remember that. Since we're talking about all this weird stuff, always remember these people believe that men and women should not date. They believe that everybody should be in a maphrodite, you know, it's, you know, the same sex, male and female, because they believe that's the closest expression they can have to their God, Einstein. And these are the guys that run the central banks. These are, these are the Kabbalist, Luciferian synagogue of Satan weirdos that are out there. They want a hermaphroditic species. They want it exactly like it was in Genesis chapter 6. They want it exactly like it was in Sodom and Gomorrah. Because they think that's okay. They think that's good. It's not okay. It's not good. It's perverted. It's sick. It goes against everything God taught. Now, let's change the subject. Let's get ourselves a little bit lighter. The number of Americans meeting their spouses on dating apps like Hinge and Tinder has surged nearly 20% over the past decade. Yes, we're going to go, go some candy, cotton candy story right now. Get off that stuff. The number of people using dating apps, I believe, hit 30% in 2022. Popular dating apps, including Tinder, Bumble, I'm not going to promote any more Hinge, basically are basically teaching people how to get people online and learning how to do this as far as dating. And additional data shows that matches on popular dating apps such as Tinder and Hinge are becoming more meaningful. In 2013, just 3% of people using dating apps entered into a long-term relationship or marriage with someone they had met on an app. In 22, the number of online daters who met their serious partner online jumped to 20%. In total, 10% of Americans have met their significant others online, reaching 24%. Julian Romeo Chavez, founder of, you know, they start talking about a bunch of different people here. Now, I'm going to cover one more thing here, which is going to be kind of, I'll just make, I'll make a little bit of a joke out of this too while we're doing it, because I'm, I'm trying to just give you guys some insight on the nightmare that I've been dealing with over the last, you know, couple of years that Sharon passed away. And this is very, very important if you meet somebody online or a few things you got to do. Never, ever send money or share financial information with somebody online that you don't know. In some of the, on some of these dating apps, 90%. And I've actually calculated that 90% of the people on these apps aren't real. They're like a Chinese bot. There's somebody in another country that's trying to get financial information from you, trying to ask you to help them with getting breakfast or getting lunch or getting their nails done or getting their pedicure done. And it's all this crazy stuff that I've heard repeatedly on these apps. And you see this over and over again. So if you're going to go on dating line, never send money or share financial information Never give anybody tracking codes. Never send a copy of a physical check that you have into your, into your account. And never, ever will PayPal them money. Don't do it. Protect your personal information. It's best not to give them your last name whatsoever. It's best if you go ahead, if you're going to do all this, you've got to give out a phone number. 
you'll get a, what's called a burner phone, something that you don't have any relationship to. That you can put down any name that you want on it and not give them your personal information. That's really, really important. Stay on the platform until you feel comfortable with the person. In other words, you can text them back and forth on the platform. And if you do go off the platform, and I recommend this wholeheartedly, you've got to do a video chat with the person that you're talking to. Audio chats are important too if you get them to do that. But if they won't do an audio chat with you or they won't do a video chat with you, 99% of them either don't look like their photos, either have gained a whole bunch of weight or giving a photo that looks 20 years, or that's 20 years younger and or they're not even real. The only way you can verify that is you've got to have a person on the other side on a video chat so you can see them and talk to them and know they match their photographs. I've had people say to me, well, the photographs that I used online, they weren't really me. And you're like, okay, well, who were they? Was it the picture I threw up? I'm like, well, I need to do a video chat with you to make sure that you look like somebody I want to go out with. And the answer invariably is no. I've had them give me Chinese bots out of China with a Chinese accent that doesn't even match up to the voice that they're talking about. I mean, I've seen some crazy, crazy stuff. Be wary of long distance and overseas relationships. Almost always, this is all part of the money laundering scheme they're trying to do. They don't have a green card. They don't have a visa. They don't have a passport. They can't come to the United States. They want you to go visit them. Well, chances are, if you go visit them in another country, you may be held for ransom. Just thought I'd mention that to you in case you decide to go do something like that. Report all suspicious and offensive behavior to the app as far as what they're doing. Requests for money or donations. Underage users. Harassment threats or offensive messages. Inappropriate or harmful behavior during or after meeting in person. Fraudulent profiles. Spammer solicitation. Then you have to protect your account. Always use strong passwords. We heard about that yesterday, the other day. As far as meeting these people in person, don't rush into that. But you got to. But I always try to talk to them on a video chat within the first two or three days, so I don't waste a bunch of time. Always meet in a public place and stay in public. Tell friends about where you're going to go. Be in control of your transportation. Never get in a car with somebody you don't know. Know your limits. Don't leave. Don't leave drinks or personal items unattended. You may get. They may slip you a drug. That's a huge one. And, 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 if, and if you don't feel comfortable, leave. It's, that's, but I want to cover that today. But remember, always take care of yourself and protect yourself when you meet people online that you don't know, regardless of the dating situation or not, Austin, because this could turn into a really big mess really, really fast. Yeah, and I want to add on to that because I've been you know, in the automotive industry for the last two decades of my life, motorcycles, dirt bikes, cars, trucks, everything. I've always been a big motorhead. You guys know that. And so one thing that I've found also, too, splitting right off of this is when you start listing vehicles online for sale and you start selling vehicles or you look at buying something, especially for private sellers or if people are contacting you, be very, very cautious about meeting people up with cash deals at random places, oh, yeah. random vehicles. This is huge. I've seen this happen numerous times with people and where they'll hit you up and they'll email you, hey, I want to do this deal. I got this. I need you to meet me here. I'll bring cash. I'll do this. Invariably, if it starts getting shady or they start acting weird, 99% of the time, it's a scam. Also, too, the people that send you a message and say, I'm happy with the vehicle. I'm happy with the asking price. Go ahead and let me have your account number or your PayPal account. Never, never. Let me send you a deposit right now. I want the vehicle. If you can't talk to them on the phone and verify who they are and basically get a driver's license from them and start working up a deal, do not trust them at all. Not saying the deal's always bad, but saying invariably most of the time there's a shady, shady incident. I remember years ago we were looking down and I were actually buying a motorcycle. Yeah. And we had a guy we talked to, and he was talking about how he he worked for the CIA before in the past, yeah. and he knew all this stuff, <laughs> and he was going to meet us somewhere, and he was going to bring cash, and, or he was going to bring the motorcycle, and we are going to bring cash. And 
we talked to him and dad flat out told me, he's like, no, we're going to meet you at this bank at this time in the afternoon. And we're basically going to go inside and check all the bills and make sure they're legitimate <laughs> and basically check out the motorcycle, do an inspection on it. We can go from there. Oh, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. You can meet me here at this time at this place, at this location. I'll let you know. No guys, if you're doing that, you got to think about it. They now know who you are for the most part. They now know you're bringing X amount of cash for you to buy that vehicle. They now not have the entire situation set up in their favor for you to walk in with three, four, five thousand dollars in cash for a motorcycle you're going to buy, and they now know that you basically are a victim or a target allegedly. Till they find out in that situation that you basically are carrying a firearm and your friends that are with you are also carrying firearms, and it's going to be very negative association. However, it's best to try to prevent that situation from occurring before it gets there, but be very cautious with private sellers. A lot of stuff can be great online, done a lot of deals, done a lot of stuff in personal vehicles. But just, again, be cautious because there is a boatload of That's scams right. out there. Let, let, me, let me give you – I want to go more into detail with this. It was a high boost of motorcycles what it was, and I was going to buy it. I, I like motorcycles. I love bikes. I've, I've, had, I've had Harleys. I've had Goldwings. I've had all kinds of bikes. I love all the bikes. I've had Rockets. I've had BMW. I've won BMW. And this guy had a Habusa, and he was selling it. Had beautiful photos of it online. I think it was $7,000. It was probably worth around $9,000. And he wanted us to meet him over in Tampa in a deserted parking lot in, a, in basically a, an area where there was an apartment complex. And he basically said, I'll meet you there. Don't bring a bunch of friends with you. So he said, remember? Since and, and, and so you bring 7000 in cash and bike shares, I've got the title. And I said, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to meet in the local SunTrust bank there in your area. I'm not bringing any money with me. I'm bringing a cashier's check. And what I'm going to do is we're going to go inside after I inspect the motorcycle and my son's going to be with me and he will ride the motorcycle, make sure it's okay. I will see the title, make sure it is clear. At that point in time, we will go inside and we will cash the cashier's check and I will pay you and I will take delivery of the motorcycle. Oh, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going into the bank. I'm not going to be on cameras. I was in the CIA. I mean, I think it's crazy, but I was in the CIA. And so what ends up happening is we get into a situation where now you're setting yourself up to walk into with cash which is a disaster, by the way, he won't take a cashier's check. And I was going to go inside the bank and have the cashier check cashed in the $100 bill so he could see it from the bank. He didn't want to do it. And all of a sudden, he calls me up like 10 minutes later. Oh, motorcycle sold. Motorcycle sold. Yeah. We're not doing it. <laughs> you know, and I, so be really, really careful. Remember, you know, God, a lot of times something will happen like that. You get into a situation where you get rejected or something goes bad sideways. Remember that. A lot of times rejection is God's way of redirection and protection in your life. Always remember that. Don't take it personally when stuff like this happens. Step away. I didn't need the Hayabusa anyhow. It's a very fast motorcycle. handles awful. <laughs> I probably would have got myself hurt on it, so I didn't need it. So the reality is I didn't get it. I never bought one. But be very, very careful with online transactions. Another big scam. It's a big one. I had a friend of mine years ago. He bought a, he bought a four-wheeler, a four-by-four, and he was getting it out of Mexico. And he wired the money. You know, he, The guy wired the money. He was selling the four-by-four, so going into Mexico with it. And the guy from Mexico wired him the money. No, sent him a cashier's check for $10,000, and it was only supposed to be a $5,000 transaction. So my friend deposited the $10,000 check, mailed the guy back, wired him back $5,000 because he had overpaid. And, of course, the first check bounced. And so the guy took $5,000 out of his account. And, you know, you, know, you remember who oh, this yeah. was. And, and, and then he came to me, and he goes, well, what do you, what do you think happened? I said, you got scammed. Said, oh, done. no, no, no. The money's gone. No, I said, the money's gone. You're never going to see it again. Be very, very careful with wiring money. That's why I don't do any online banking whatsoever. You say, well, that's got to be inconvenient. Well, I don't really care. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing online banking. I don't do cash apps. I don't do any of that stuff. And it's a lot easier that way to control your finances and not get yourself scammed. What do you think, Austin? Awesome? <laughs> and, and, and just to clarify what you were talking about, too, on that, sh- uh, that with that guy with the Hayabusa, 
anytime somebody tells you they're in the CIA, oh, yeah. they're lying. Anybody that was ever in that spooks, <laughs> that, that, that area with all know. the spooks, they never tell you they're CIA. CIA doesn't tell you they're CIA. They, they're any other agency. They never say they're CIA. It's like, are you, are you Mossad? <laughs> yeah. uh, no. Are you MI6? No. no. Are you CIA? No. They, they Come don't, on. They, they don't do that. Remember when he first told me that, I started laughing. I said, oh, he said he's in the CIA. He was in the CIA. I said, well, that's about the biggest <laughs> lie I've ever heard in my life. Nobody ever says that. And so, again, that's just something to you know, spin off of. Also, too, in other news. This is over in Australia. Some interesting news now. You guys remember Australia had some of the most just insane tyrannical lockdowns during COVID. Yet the cases of actual deaths in Australia was like minimal. I mean, it did. There was like hardly any deaths over there. It was actually a very healthy country. They get a lot of sunshine. They get a lot of fresh air. They got a lot of resources. They eat pretty clean. Yet they had draconian laws. Well, it's ironic now. Health officials in Australia said the states of Victoria and New South Wales have now issued public warnings. For the new COVID variant, oh, you know, cue spooky music. They said the new variant defined as BA286. It's a spinoff of uh, J and one. You know, they they come up with these numbers, man. I think I should start writing all these variants down. Yeah, I'm making up the numbers. It's good. CA35222, New Zealand transformer variant. No, this is exactly what they're coming up with now. And so they've prompted the issue of health alerts. They're saying that a record positive PCR test have been risen has risen. There's not been an increase of deaths, not been an increase of hospitalizations. There's an increase of PCR tests. Health officials have not yet released this official data, though. Oh, so believe us, there's PCR tests for an, an insane amount of COVID tests or testing positive. But we can't prove it, and nobody's dying, and no one's in the hospital. But you need to believe us. So you need to have more lockdowns. They said with this new JN1 variant, we've got a situation where it's gained the competitiveness of evading antibodies from the vaccine. So if you've got the vaccine... It's not going to work either. So you need to get more shots. Yeah, what's just insane about this, I, I don't understand it because you know, I've been to Australia. It's a beautiful country. I've been to New Zealand, beautiful country. People are super cool down there. I've never understood why this went so far. And because so many people down there are so resourceful and so resilient. And then I think back of, you know, the disarmament program that they did in the 90s right. with, with Australia when they came in and said essentially after that shooting down there, everybody has to turn in all of their firearms and they literally crushed them with steamrollers. Then you had the shooting with the mosque in New Zealand years back where they had just happened to have live feed on Facebook that got aired all over the entire world where this guy went through these mosques with his 12-gauge and AR and shot all these Muslims allegedly. And of course, the video just went viral, somehow never got taken down. And then they turned, came in and said, okay, starting next week, all AR-15s are now banned. Everything that takes over a 10-round magazine is banned. We're banning everything. Whenever you start dealing with a tyrannical government and they start telling you that you can't own a firearm, for whatever reason you feel, you don't have, that, you don't have a reason. You don't need an excuse. I need, I need you to know a reason you want an AR-15. Any lawful purpose, buddy, get, he'll go kick rocks. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have to explain myself to you. This is why they do it. There's always a reason why they want to disarm civilians. And also, too, this is a funny story spinning off of this. Australia has now had the winner of the world's ugliest lawn competition. This is also ah. interesting news here. The ugliest lawn competition that was ever first in the world was out of Tasmania. Named the winner Kathleen Murray, organized by the town of Gotland, Sweden. It's from all over the world. Gotland started the contest two years ago to encourage locals to conserve water in the near-disastrous drought in the town. And they have now found that they think it's funny to have the world's ugliest lawn contest. It, to me, I don't really care. It's, you know, it's grass. It grows. It grows. I'd rather have food in my front yard. But, uh, yeah, so Australia is just, you know, they're having a time right now. They're talking about lockdowns. They've got the world's ugliest lawn winner. <laughs> 
just, you know, having fun down there in Australia, I guess that <laughs> I would win the ugliest lawn contest in the neighborhood. <laughs> you know, you I gave had, up on the weeds. No, I gave up on the weeds. The weeds won. And, you know, <laughs> a couple of years ago, we actually pulled the front flower beds out because we got tired of pulling the weeds and we haven't replaced them yet. And now, you know, I, I've, I've told people, I've, I've told my friends, I said, we've got to get these things replanted because I got tired of pulling weeds out of the flower bed. And so I had a friend of mine come by the other day and they said, what's wrong with your landscaping? <laughs> <laughs> Why did it look so bad? Struggling. I'm like, well, it's just struggling along. I said, I don't want to pull weeds all the time. I'd rather put a weed whacker to the whole mess. Uh, your line trimmer, you could call it, I guess. But uh, it's, uh, it's interesting. But the weeds won. Oh, by the way, there's been a 55% spike in young disabled women since the vaccine rollout. Yeah. This is a big problem. I, I don't even have to say that. A disturbing new study has revealed a data showing a 55% spike in young American women registering as disabled since the COVID mRNA vaccine. Financial analysis, analysts and data expert David Dowd said in a new Department of Labor's disability survey shows employed men and women ages 16 to 64 reported record harm since February of 2021, with women suffering unprecedented 55% increase in disabilities after the COVID shot. Doctors and scientists who spoke with the defender attributed the unprecedented 55% decrease increase in disabilities to a rollout of the COVID-19 vaccines. All the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention maintains that vaccines are safe and effective. You know, here's the thing. When they tell you these things are safe and effective with all the increased risks of myocarditis and pericarditis and strokes and heart disease and all the rest of it and blood clots, it boggles my mind that they can lie like this with a straight face. Uh, it, no, it's just, it just absolutely is insane to me that they can do this. Uh, again, on that show last night with Jack Reacher, they were talking about how these military people were taking this money and these, these cops were taking this money to go along with a new you know, sail ups and javelins of uh, missiles actually into the, into, the, into, the, into the civilian sector and how these people were just corrupted from cash. And see, I guess this is what happens in a world that is run by the Rothschild banking cartel fiat money system is that the more you give people, the more they compromise themselves in many cases. That's why you and I can't do that. We've got to stand firm for the word of God. We've got to put on the full armor of God every single day. We've got to dig in. We've got to draw a line in the sand and we've got to stand and say, no, we're not going to be compromised by the system. We have to live in it because it's part of life on this planet, but we don't have to be compromised. And we have to stand with what God says every single day. And you always remember that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he absolutely loves you. You guys have an incredible weekend. Austin, finish it up, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Yeah, and I saw this article here. This is kind of interesting. It's from AP. So, you know, straight propaganda. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is to tell you guys why it's propaganda. You know, the TSA pretty much has to sit around and try to justify their own existence. The same thing the FBI yep. does on a regular basis. This new article says a passenger hid bullets in a baby diaper and was caught at New York LaGuardia Airport. TSA officials have officially caught him. They found 17 rounds of 9mm ammunition packaged in a diaper that he tried to sneak on board. Ironically enough, they don't name who the guy is. He didn't have a firearm on him. There was no firearms other checked anywhere else, but he happened to have 17 bullets wrapped up in a clean diaper in his bag. And they said, TSA has done it again. They've protected the general population from an individual that packed 9mm ammunition in a diaper. He was charged with unlawful possession of 9mm ammunition in New York. You know New York's a nightmare when it comes to firearms. But again, articles like this come up on a regular basis. This guy, I don't know anything about him. Was it legitimate? Was he just accidentally storing nine millimeter in diapers? Probably not. Was he something being nefarious or was this another plant to run him through TSA so they could justify and have a story headline on the front page of AP saying TSA has saved the public again from the diaper nine millimeter carrier and we got to protect everybody so we need more TSA funding. Remember, these agencies have to try to justify their own existence. This is why the FBI has become so nefarious over the last 30 years. 
I've told you guys hundreds of stories I've documented about the FBI literally setting up people with terroristic weapons so they could turn around and bust them. They did it in New York with a bunch of homeless guys. They basically said, hey, we'll give you $10,000 and you take position, possession of this surfaced air missile. And so when they finally came to, they basically had a dummy rifle or dummy rocket. And these guys were like, oh, okay, cool. Where's our $10,000? Oh, we've busted you. You're now going to prison for the rest of your life because you're a terrorist. And these guys are homeless and mentally ill. And they're like, what are you talking about? What do we even do? Oh, we've, we've done it again. The FBI's foiled another plot of terrorism. Anytime you start seeing articles like this and you start digging your own research and you start realizing that the FBI has tens of thousands of what they call paid confidential informants or otherwise known as unconstitutional snitches, where the FBI pays people to snitch on people and gather intel and then lie about them under oath in most cases, always ask yourself, who's the one who's actually trying to benefit from this and what's the actual truth that's happening so again my friends keep keep the faith keep the truth out there whatever you guys need give us a call at healthmasters.com be sure to check out the fat burning kit and if you guys need some grab the inacetyl cysteine on sale right now as product of the week hope you guys have a blessed safe awesome weekend hope you guys are staying strong and healthy keep your immune system strong and a lot of people are getting head colds right now with the winter time so be sure to stay stocked up on the vitamin d and basically on the vitamin c as well at healthmasters.com you guys have a blessed safe awesome night and we'll talk to you again my friends monday and have a fantastic week and we'll talk to you on monday as always Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network. <laughs>